Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. Now, today we're going to start a new sermon series. It's going to be called The War Room. And, and I, I don't want you to necessarily get too caught up in some of you watched the movie, The War Room, which, by the way, a, a little point of trivia here, was shot, many parts of that were shot in mine and Tina's hometown in North Carolina. So we literally can watch the movie and see places that we went or we visited or we hung out as kids because it was actually shot in our hometown. And so, but I don't want you to get too much of that image in your mind because what we really want to do is we want to unpack the idea of prayer and we want to unpack that idea from the Psalms. Now, let's understand something. Let's understand that the Psalms are worship songs. If you, if you, if you would view them as hymns and view them in the way that we understand hymns, not so much in the way that we understand modern worship songs. In other words, let me explain myself. When, when I think of a modern worship song, it is, it, is, it is something I'm speaking to God about who he is, but often it's about what he has done for me. Uh, modern worship songs are, are much more about how they make me feel, uh, much more about how I feel about God. They're much more emotive than, than, than what would have been hymns. You should see a psalm more like a hymn. Hymns traditionally were written in order to teach theology, in order to teach doctrine, in order to teach things about God. A mighty fortress is our God. It is written to teach people that God is strong and powerful, can protect them. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing is to teach worship. And, and literally it comes out of scripture about, uh, about singing to God. You, you, you see all these songs that they just teach something in theology. And so, and so the Psalms are that way as well. So if you wanted to, it's very simple to read the Psalms and view them as musical prayers, if you will. It's very easy to take a Psalm and use that Psalm to pray over your life. So what I want to do today is we're going to start in Psalm 1. We're going to, we're going to start right at the beginning, Psalm 1. And I want to unpack this, but I want to unpack this from a standpoint of prayer. Now, I'm going to read the whole, the whole chapter, the whole Psalm here. And then, and then I want us to un, start to unpack what this can mean and how we can understand it. Psalm chapter one, there's six verses in it. So we'll start with verse one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, some of you are probably wondering, what in the world does that have to do with prayer? How could that even be seen as having to do with prayer? And I want you to understand that it can be seen as having to do with prayer if we understand this. In our modern world, 
Prayer is viewed, quite frankly, as a passive activity. It's viewed as something I do. Uh, it's, it, it's a meditation. It's a, it's a, it's a contemplation. We, we kind of turn prayer into a moment of silence, if you will. It's a passive activity. I, I, when I pray, I may ask God for something. I may praise God. But we view it as rather passive and not something that's actually actively changing our lives. I want to challenge that assumption. I want to challenge that assumption in this entire series because I believe that prayer is an active practice. I believe that prayer is something we can do and we should do to see change in our lives, actual change in practice and pattern, and something we can and should do to see actual change in the, in the practice and pattern of other people. Not because we've somehow, look, look, let me, let me, let me just say this. When I say that we pray to try to see active change in the, in the patterns of other people, don't, don't start thinking that just because you prayed, so-and-so's got to act a certain way. This is, y'all, 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 this is the Bible, not a voodoo doll. Everybody good? You know, I mean, the, the truth is we've got to understand that, that, that what God is doing in our lives, the prayers that we are praying are active, they're dynamic, they're powerful, they can change us, they can change other people, but it's not like God puts us on strings and makes us a marionette just because we pray, or God puts somebody else on strings and makes them a marionette just because we pray. Our prayers can and do release the power of God, but they do it in proper ways. Watch. I want to show you something. Verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. Blessed is the one. So, first point. If you ask yourself, am I praying properly? Let me, I'm going to give you three questions, okay? Here's the first one. Are you blessed? Now, just pause before you answer that, because I'm going to change the definition of the word blessed on you. Because a lot of y'all are like, am I blessed? Well, I don't have a Mercedes, so I ain't blessed. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, I didn't get my new job, so I ain't blessed yet. And then some people do that. I hadn't been blessed yet because they're waiting on something to happen. But I'm here to tell you, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. I want you, I want, now, let me, let me read verse one, and the, but let me follow it up with verse two. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, verse 2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates, meditates on his law day and night. The active work of prayer, therefore the active work of the prayer, is connecting with the word and the person and the presence of God. You are actively working as you pray to connect with those things. Yes, you will ask for things. Yes, you will give God praise. All of those things will happen. But in the midst of it, you're going to be actively working to connect with the person and the power and the presence of God. Because, watch, you say, we say well, then what do you mean by are you blessed? Watch, I, I want to show you something. I don't want to take all the magic out of it. I don't want to take the power of the Holy Spirit out of it. I don't want to do all that. But I want you to understand something. Every time I make a choice, there's a consequence. Every time I make a choice, there's a consequence. So when I choose something, I am piling up consequences in my life. So just for a moment, stay with me. I want to show you something. When I make a good choice, when I make a choice that does not walk in step with the wicked, when I make a choice that does not stand in the way of sinners, when I make a choice that, it, that does not sit in the company of mockers, when I make a choice that delights in the law of the Lord, I have a positive consequence as a result of that choice. That consequence drops onto a pile. 
When I make a choice that does walk in step with the wicked, that does stand in the way the sinners take, that does sit in the company of mockers, I get a, I get a consequence from that as well, and that falls on the negative pile. Why? Because the consequences of not following God are negative, i.e. sin, and then the consequences of following God are positive, i.e. righteousness. And so when I make a righteous choice, it falls on a positive pile. When I make, a, when I make a, a sinful choice, it falls on a negative pile. Now, eventually in my life, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in your house, over time, stuff piles up. You know, and so this happens with prayer. This happens with our consequences. Over time in our lives, stuff piles up. If you let that stuff pile up long enough, it will fall on you. Now, stay with me. If my stack of blessings, my stack of positive consequences falls on me, we call that blessing. If my stack of negative consequences falls on me, we call that curse. Do you notice that it's not God arbitrarily in heaven deciding, I'm going to give this one a bunch, I'm going to give that one. That's not an arbitrary. This is actually a result of consequences. I'm telling you that while God does the miraculous and while God intersects our normative from time to time, and I understand that, that in reality, the vast majority of the time, what we see as blessing or curse in somebody's life is simply a pile of consequences that they have put together that now is affecting their day-to-day walk. That's what God is doing. That's, what he, that's why when I say, are you blessed? Then what I'm asking you is in your prayer life, have you used your prayer life to focus in on the delight of the law of the Lord and meditate on him and his word and his presence day and night? Why are you praying? If you're just praying to get something, then you're treating God like a cosmic vending machine. But if you're praying to be changed, you're, you're treating God as, as the divine creator of all things and the healer of all things and the giver of all things. But he gives them, he heals, he, he creates, he does all of that in your life to his call, his will, and his benefit. So the answer is, are we following God? Are you blessed? I almost use the word, I almost use the word, are you receiving because I think sometimes when we think of blessing, we think of getting stuff. When I, think, when, we, when I think we ought to think of blessing as I'm getting training, I'm getting teaching, I'm getting perspective, I'm getting a powerful way to see the world through God's eyes. And I think that's a different way to see it. So are you blessed? Are you, are you delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on his law and his presence day and night? Now watch verses three and four. That person, the person who is blessed, Everybody's okay? The person who is blessed is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff that, that the wind blows away. So the first question is, are you blessed? The second question is, and stay with me now, because some of you are going to be like, I don't think this is part of prayer, but it is. The qu- second question is, are you fruitful? Because if you are praying to God and listening to God and following what God tells you to do, you will produce fruit in your life because that's what the Holy Spirit has called us to. And that's what he wants to empower us to. You know, look, look, the truth is, the truth is our prayer lives 
should be so naturally focused on reaching out and finding God's presence and God's word and God's truth. Our prayer life should be so naturally focused on that, that fruitfulness automatically occurs simply because we did what we heard in our prayer time. You see, this fruitfulness, sometimes it's like, well, I don't understand why I'm not seeing this happen or I'm not seeing that happen or the other. Why am I not being fruitful? Well, hold up, hold up. The Bible tells us in another place that one one plants, another waters, but it's God that gives the increase. So I'm going to hit hard, okay? So y'all stay with me now. Everybody just stay with me. If if, If your spiritual life is not being fruitful, then maybe the problem is you're not receiving from God his word, his direction, and his, his call on your life d- properly. And therefore, what's being produced out of your, ni- your life is not proper. I, I don't know if you've ever done much gardening. But if you, if, you, if you try to grow something and you don't have enough water or you don't have enough fertilizer, or you don't have enough, the soil's not strong or whatever, you'll get deformed fruit out of it. Did y'all know that? You'll get deformed fruit. Stay with me. Do not react. And for those, no matter where you are, don't react to this and don't elbow your neighbor now. So don't blame none of them. But, 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 but the question I've got is, I think a lot of folks in their spiritual life got a lot of deformed fruit. And I think the reason is that they're not in the first section receiving the blessing of the presence of God, receiving the blessing of learning to delight in the law of the Lord, uh, receiving the blessing of learning to meditate on his law day and night. Instead, they're asking God to bless them as they walk in the way of the wicked and stand in the way that sinners do. I think sometimes we're asking, y'all, y'all, I heard an old preacher, he's long, he's long since passed now, but I, I heard an old preacher, and I'll never forget him saying it. He said, I don't ever want you to leave church feeling good about being bad. Y'all, some of us are asking God to bless our badness, and he's just not going to do that. That's not, God's, not in the, God's not in the business of blessing your sin. Everybody all right? God's in the business of blessing right choices. When you make those right choices, part of the blessing that falls on you is fruitfulness in your life. It's very interesting in, 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 in my life right now. I'm listening to a number of books that are, that are talking about midlife and changes. And, and it's just because of my age, I'm 57. A lot of folks around me are facing change. They're facing retirement. They're facing things like that. And I'm, I'm just looking into it, to, trying to make sure I understand the best I can. And it's very interesting because book after book after book after book, some from Christian, uh, spiritual Christian authors, some from absolutely from the words they use in the book, not. um, They all come down to the same point, which is that the older you get, the blessing, the joy, the peace, the, 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 the happiness you find is found in the way you invest in other people, not in a, continuing, uh, in a continuing of your practice of piling up stuff. Because when you pile up stuff, and I'm not talking about blessing and curse now, I'm talking about stuff. You pile up stuff, all you got's a mess. Y'all all right? I've been in some people's, I went, I've, I've visited in some people's houses where there's a path in the house. 
because they had stuff piled on this side and stuff piled on that. I went into one house that the piles on each side inside the house were as tall as I was. It was not safe. But over time, they had gathered all this stuff and just kept it. Today, we have a word for that. It's called hoarders. Uh, but, but can I be honest? There are a lot of hoarders who have nice, clean houses, but they got like 14 storage units somewhere. And I just want to remind us that he who dies with the most toys is dead. I just, I, just want, I just want to remind us of that because the truth is, it, this is, being fruitful is not about that. It's about the fruitfulness in my life is about the people around me and the people that I develop and the people that I bring forward. Because you know what? My stuff, my house, I, I love my house. My house will not remember me when I'm gone. They won't. Somebody else will live there and they'll repaint the joint, you know. But, but my kids, my kids will remember me. My grandkids will remember me. The, 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 the people I built into when I was coming along in ministry, the people I helped professionally, the people I helped personally, they'll remember. That's what we got to build into. And look, Christian and non-Christian authors alike come to the same point. Well, why is that? I don't know, because God made us a certain way and it's kind of obvious how it works out. I think, I think that's the answer. Are you being fruitful? Y'all, simply praying so that, and look, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. We all need to grow deeper in our personal walk with Jesus. Everybody's got that, right? Everybody's got that. But simply praying that I become deeper and I become better and I have more, that's not the fruitfulness I'm talking about here. I'm talking about a tree planted by the streams of living water, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that flows past me and, and constantly flows over the roots of who I am so that what I am drinking in on a regular basis is his presence, his greatness, his goodness, his power. That's what we're talking about. That's the image here. If you can delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night, then you will be like a person planted, uh, a tree planted by streams of water and bringing in the goodness of him and who he is, his presence and his power. And then you will yield fruit and your leaf will not wither and whatever you do will prosper in God's way. Y'all, I've said it so many times, but not all blessings come in green. We got to understand that God's going to send us blessings that are, that are maybe not what we expected, but they're blessings nonetheless. Verses five and six. Verse five says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in, this, in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over. Another way to say this is the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna, let, let's keep this thing real. All right. In our walk, in our day-to-day -day walk, it often looks like that God, God blesses sinners. It, all, it often looks like sin pays off, that bad choices pay off, that be dishonestly, dishonesty pays off. It often looks like people are benefiting from doing wrong. And I'm going to be honest, in our world, everybody stay with me. I don't want to depress anybody, but we got to keep it real. In our world, that does happen, okay? People benefit from doing wrong things. It happens in our world, okay? You, you might say, then I don't trust God. Well, you got to be trusting. That's my third question. Are you blessed? Are you fruitful? And are you trusting the God who is ultimately going to be the arbiter of payout anyway? I, if I could give you a, a historical perspective on this, <clears throat> the idea of being blessed and being happy 
and being joyful and, and all of that in this life is a very recent development among human beings. That was not an expectation just a few generations back. And, and, and the truth is the expectation just a few generations back is life is tough here. And it's just, it, just, it just is. And life is just difficult here. But when we get there, God will balance it out. Can you imagine for just a moment being a, 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 a surf, a surf, S-E-R-F, a, a poor person, <coughs> a pauper in a time of kings? And all of a sudden you're starving. You're not even sure how you're, going to, how you're going to feed your family. And you see the king holding these lavish feasts with all this food. And the king's like fat and you can't even feed your kids. Can you imagine that moment? How that must feel? How wrong that must be? How unjust that? But that was the reality for the vast majority of humanity up until just recently. In some cases, that's the reality now. But the truth is, and you say to yourself, well, when, when is this going to be made right? Listen to me. God's going to make this right. Because the Bible says the wicked will not stand in the judgment. They're not going to get, they're not going to get away with it. Because there's not, some, there's not some, 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 some uh, jury up there that's going to make a decision. And then the judge just, gonna, no, there's a judge that knows everything. And his, his name is God. And he's going to judge us all. And the wicked will not stand in that judgment. They won't be able to lie their way out of that one. The sinners will not stand in the assembly of the righteousness. They're not going to make it in. There's no illegal immigration into heaven. Y'all all right? I'm not trying. That, that is not a political statement. I'm just saying. You can't pay nobody to get in. You can't sneak in. The judge, the God of heaven knows all of this. The Lord watches over for he knows the way of the righteous. We have to trust him. You know, in this life, I think sometimes we look around and we're like, Lord, I have really worked at be living a blessed life and following your word. Lord, I've really worked at being fruitful. But Lord, sometimes I think you forgot me. And you know what? An honest prayer like that is a fair prayer. God can hear that and he will hear that. But we got to trust him. You got to trust him to see us through. You got to trust him to see you through. There are times when you cannot understand what someone is doing. There are times when you cannot figure out what they're doing. But you will stay by them if you trust them. You will, you, you will stand by them. You will walk alongside them. You'll even fight alongside them, even though you don't understand what they're doing, if you trust them. That's how we need to be with God. Trusting him so deeply that even if it looks like the wicked are standing in the face of judgment, even if it looks like the sinners are standing in the assembly of the righteous, even if it looks like the wicked are not being destroyed, that God one day will make it all right. And he will show blessing to those who have earned it and who deserved it. None of us will go without God showing us and giving us the, the just desserts of our lives work. We need to understand that. I deal sometimes with, um, with pastors and, and with churches. And um, I, I, I find something to be very sad. Um, I think it's awfully hard inside the church sometimes to find grace. And to find people who are willing to give grace when they feel, when they honestly feel hurt or they honestly feel uh, 
lied to or deceived. Now, maybe the, maybe the lie was real. Maybe the deceit was real. Maybe it wasn't because you do know everybody sees things from different angles, right? But what, regardless of what it was, grace must win the day. You say, why? Because, and I want you to hear me. I need to be giving the grace to people that I ultimately want them to give to me. That's part of this piled up blessings, piled up cursings. If I'm constantly, I'm the one, I'm the one handing out the justice when somebody does something I decide is wrong, then I should, be, I should be ready and prepared for somebody to hand out my justice to me one day. And it not be God, but it be another human because that's what I did. The Bible says with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. So I'd like to, in the midst of this moment, are you trusting God? I'd like to give you a piece of advice that I gave to a pastor recently who really felt hurt by someone else. What you're going to do in the next few months is you are going to make a down payment on the mercy and grace that you're going to need people to show you one day. And you're going to make that down payment now and it's not going to feel good. You're not going to like it, but you're going to do it. And you're going to do it because it matters. And you're going to do it because it's what God called you to. You suppose Jesus really felt like going to the cross for people that were going to curse him, for people that were going to reject him, for people that were going to say he never even existed? Yet he did. He did that for them. Now, he's not asking us to go to a cross. Amen. But in the end, he is asking us to show grace and mercy and trust him to take care of the justice. So watch. Watch. Are you blessed? Are you following God's way and striving toward his word, his law, his presence and his power? Are you, are, are you fruitful? Are you planted firmly beside that river, that stream of his presence and being fed constantly by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? And are you trusting, not expecting that you have to make it all right, but trusting that he will in right time? If that's, not, if that's not what describes your prayer life, can I suggest that you start to change things? You say, Pastor, I, I thought you were going to say we need to do this much time in the morning and that much time in the evening, that, that kind of, no, no, no. I want to I talk about the state of your heart. Are you blessed? Are you fruitful? And are you trusting? Because if your prayers can follow that pattern, the Holy Spirit can work through you in powerful ways. You just have to let him. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you paid the ultimate price, that you showed us what grace and mercy really is. Now, Lord, I ask for everyone that's just heard this message, that you would draw us, Lord, into an ever-deepening relationship with you, that you, Lord, would let us love your law and love your righteousness. You would let us pursue it to the point that we find blessing. And Lord, as we plant ourselves right beside of your presence, constantly working to walk and be in the presence of God, let us, Lord, be fed by those rivers of righteousness so that we produce fruit in season. And Lord, when it looks like the world is so messed up it can never be fixed, let us trust you. You are the one who will make all things right. And Lord, we'll give you praise for everything you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.